had a Vikings clip, I'd play it right here. Jay Rice, not Jerry Rice. It is not Jerry Rice. I could, uh, I could Fuck tell you. <laughs> I mean, I just Jay had... Rice. Yeah, Jay Rice. Thank Who you. Who the hell is Jay Rice? I, I don't know. Um, you know, I, 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 I. Thank you for the yeah, Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the broken heart. I tried to find just a, a really sad song to uh, encapsulate all I think I feel like what Vikings Nation is feeling like mm-hmm. here in the last couple there's of days. Song, is there a song that's called Shit Your Pants Again or not? I don't know. <laughs> uh, pants on the... I'll, I'll see if I can find that here. You know, I mean, Paul Allen always does his, like, you know, rainy days are always passing by. It's like some 70s song. And I thought, you know what? Yeah. I mean, this... I'm just trying to find a song, uh, you know, that's not a breakup, but um, I, I have so to say that... Sanford and Son, but it's all right. I mean, it, you know, it is no Sanford and Son, that's right. Um, uh, it's deja vu all over again, Mr. Travis Krenz, uh Nathan Stacken here with you on the Sports Block Podcast another week, and uh, another, another year and another disappointing, heartbreaking playoff loss for the Minnesota Vikings. Make that six straight losses in the NFC Championship game, and uh, probably pick the wrong night to play uh, your worst game in the biggest game of the year. We're talking Vikings or SDSU? Ah, <laughs> you could go both. I mean, uh, at both. least at least the Vikings didn't have ten turnovers. No, they didn't. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like the Giants game from years ago. Uh, Played very poorly. First drive was great. One of the best drives they had all year. Mm-hmm. And he all right back. And then uh, interception touchdown. And that's that would be all she wrote. Because yep. nothing much happened after that. So, yeah, not uh, not good. But I, I mean, all year. That's all I talked about all yep. year. Couldn't get too excited because I know how the movie ends. Yep. And uh, this is how it always ends. So it's not... Too disappointing because you know, I mean, you know what's going to happen. Well, I mean, I, and I, I said right right off the bat, the pick six completely swung momentum in favor of the Eagles because the Vikings were moving the ball on that drive. I think it was a third down play, but you know, Keenum has Thielen open. He's going to make that throw to him. I feel like and I don't think it's going to get picked off. So if it, if anything, it would have just been a little overthrow. But Keenum gets hit. Uh, I think it was Chris Long. And it gets picked, pick six, and the Eagles faithful are back in it there at that point. And it was just an onslaught there from from there on out. Uh, the Vikings had a chance to tie the game or 
cut the lead to you know one possession, 14-10, and then Keenum gets strip-sacked on a play that I still, for the life of me, I don't know if this goes on Pat Shermer. I don't know if this goes on offensive line coach Tony Sperano. Why in the hell do you not have Riley Reef chip on the Eagles defensive end? I think it's Barnett. He came out of the University of Tennessee. He's either a rookie or it's his second year. Instead, you have a tight end, Derek Morgan, coming in from the opposite side to try and block. What the hell kind of you know pass protection is that? I don't know. I didn't see. I, I, I didn't look at the play. I, I don't know what happened. But, uh, I mean, you got to hang on the ball. There's got to be more aware uh, those two first half turnovers that you can't do that. You just got to be more aware of of what's happening. And, and the quarterback got away with quite a bit. Some risky throws, and he didn't get sacked for about a month. And he was scrambling around, and he, you know, it just finally caught up with him. Well, that's what I think. But I don't, I don't blame Keenum for the first interception again because he got hit as he was throwing it. And on that sec, on that fumble, he's not expecting the defensive end to be there in like one and a half seconds. I mean, you gotta have at least you gotta have someone block Barnett better there. I mean, that's just a terrible job blocking him. And then you know the defense. I'm gonna put ninety percent of this loss on the Minnesota defense because they were just trash. They've been trash since the second half against New Orleans. I mean, this was about the. Uh, this is as bad of a performance as I can remember a Zimmer coach defense, apart from the first year when they played Green Bay on a Thursday night and gave up like 45 points. That was awful. Uh, this could go down right next to it because they. I mean, it's bad when Terrence Newman says he didn't know if they were playing with energy. Why the hell are you not playing with energy in the biggest game of your lives to get to the Super Bowl in your home stadium? I mean, what the, the Sam hell is going on? Karen, it doesn't make any sense. The energy and efforts, I don't, I don't get that at all. Um, I apparently didn't, didn't care too whole hell of a lot because it didn't look like they cared a whole hell of a lot, so that's the way it goes when they, they didn't play well at all. And then, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I just, I, I guess I don't know what else more we can say about this game. I mean, you, it, it's just a travesty from, essentially, from the middle of the first quarter on. So, I, you know what, I'm not too heartbroken. I mean, I would love, I've loved it if the Vikings were playing in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. But you know what? It is what it is. And now we just get to cheer for the New England Patriots because, fuck it, if I'm, I'm not going to cheer for those trash Eagle fans. The Eagle fans are the worst fans in the NFL. They are the most despicable of the bunch. Uh, if you saw videos of them throwing you know, full beer cans at Vikings fans walking in the stadium. You hear them saying stuff about players' wives or to female Vikings fans or, you know, just, just saying that, uh, talking to Pat Elfline's parents uh, when Elfline broke his ankle or, or whatever and said, oh, I hope he gets stabbed with a knife on the way out. Like, just go to hell, Eagles fans. Go to hell. The way they acted, I thought, they, I thought Philadelphia was in the South. That's how bad I thought it was. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. I mean, it's a blue-collar town. You got a lot of people who, but let's face it, probably aren't the smartest. Um, you know, just they're tough. They they want their team to be tough. So you know what? Um, 
Yeah, Carson Wentz, defend Eagles fans. I just want you to defend. And I get that this is not all Eagles fans, but it's a higher percentage of Eagles fans than you will find just about in any other fan base in the NFL, maybe apart from the Raiders. Raiders fans are pretty tough uh, as well, but, I mean, for goodness sakes, I mean, Eagles, get some class and uh, grow the hell up. Uh, but uh, I will not be cheering for you. And, in fact, I hope you get your asses beat by Bill Belichick and the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, here coming up in the Super Bowl in, in less than two weeks. When you're poor people like them that live in the city, I mean, that's all they have to look forward to. How the hell do they so get that, in the game then? They probably don't. They just, they just don't do it. Um, they're just out in the parking lot getting drunk. I mean, that's, that's all. That's, 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 that is their life. It's like us when we were 10 or 12 years old. That was all. You just win the game, and obviously they're still, still like that after all those years. So, I mean, for so goodness, good, good for them. For, good good, for goodness sakes, this this is a fan base that likes to punch horses, police horses. Uh, I mean, if you saw the story from after the Falcons game, uh, some 22-year-old got kicked out of the game for being intoxicated. I don't even think he had a ticket. And what does he do? He goes and punches a police horse. I, you know what? Any Eagles fan that causes any trouble or mouths off to any Minneapolis cop or Twin Cities area cop here next week or whatever... Book them. Send them to jail. And if they try and make a plea deal, be like, no, let's just keep, uh, let, let's go with this process and embarrass you. you. Let's make sure that your life is as miserable as possible. To hell with you, Eagles fans. To hell with you. To hell with them. They did vote for Trump after all, so I don't know. I don't know if Philadelphia necessarily did. But, oh, I don't know. Well, but, screw them. Um. Uh, apparently, by the way, Kelsey, my wife, says hello, and she can hear me from upstairs, apparently, because I'm doing the podcast down in the basement, and um, I've, I've clearly upset little Noah, but um, you know he's, oh, he, he suffered his first vi- loss as a Vikings fan, but um, I sure as heck will not let him cheer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Amen. He probably, hey, good thing about Noah, he should have spent less than the Vikings. <laughs> Oh boy, that's a good one. Yes, yes, he did. Uh, th- and you know what? He probably threw up less over or threw up less on himself than the Vikings did. So, so there you go. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles will take on the New England Patriots. Who? Um, what can we say? A, a great comeback against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were game as all hell for for New England, and they looked like they were ready to to roll and. I, I think the the play of the game arguably is the Miles Jack fumble recovery, the force fumble that should not the play should not have been called dead. Miles Jack play, made a tremendous play on the ball, stripped who was it like Deion Lewis I believe, and he was running it. He would have ran it in for a touchdown, would have put the Jaguars up I believe twenty seven to ten at the time. Said he's ruled down. The Jaguars still had the ball, but uh. Went three and out, and then the Patriots, Tom Brady, went to work. And Danny Amendola made one of the better catches I think you will ever see uh, in a playoff game, uh, being able to get both feet down on that. Uh, just tremendous. I thought Deion Lewis, I thought he was down. I, I'm, they called him down, so I was fine with that call. Uh, they needed touchdowns instead of field goals at the end there. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville had a 43-yard field goal. To go up, what twenty to ten, and uh, they needed they needed a touchdown there. They couldn't uh, couldn't settle for uh, for that. So 
Yeah, you know, uh, and they had their quarterback. He played well, but he had two chances there at the end of the game to to drive them down, and they got nowhere close to that. Well, so, I mean, their defense, he got, their defense was uh, fine. Yeah. But they weren't fine when they needed to be. I was going to say... Well, I mean, they were... I think people people just like ignored how terrible they were the week before. They yeah. were awful in Pittsburgh. Yep. And uh, I mean, they were good in the first half, but then the second half they got here, and then Brady just tore them up with uh, just a bunch of retreads as receivers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it doesn't. You just put a guy out there, just a bunch of receivers or running backs doesn't really matter. As long as you block for the guy, he'll he'll throw you the ball. And then uh, New England dropped quite a few passes too. So yeah. Um, Gronk got Tom Brady is, uh, he's great. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Gronk got hurt uh, in this one uh, concussion. I would assume he'll be okay in a couple of weeks for the Super Bowl. Um, Patriots, by the way, are wearing white. I don't think they've ever lost a Super Bowl when they're wearing white. So hopefully, you don't jinx it. Good. They're the they're the home team. Yep. Tom Brady apparently has Minnesota ties. Apparently, his mom grew up in Minnesota. And he spent some summers fishing here and some winters ice fishing. So um, I normally don't cheer for the Patriots. But in this case, I'm all in on Tom Brady and the Patriots. So I probably just jinxed him. I have never rooted against the Patriots in a Super Bowl. And this will be no different. All right. Uh, the fact that they are the largest or one of like the, the, the big... Uh, favorite here, at least initially. Uh, the Eagles, once again, are underdogs. They relish the underdog role, and we can preview the Super Bowl next week. But uh, uh, does this affect the Patriots at all here? Do you think that, um, you know, the, the fact that they are such heavy favorites, do you think they should be five and a half or six point favorites? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the Eagles will cover that spread but lose. I mean, the Eagles. Um, I mean, they, they easily should have lost to the Falcons. I mean, they played terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, they played terrible uh, since the quarterback got hurt, except for the Vikings. So, yeah, I mean, every every New England Super Bowl is close. Comes down to the to the final second, to the final play, and this it'll probably be the same. And I think New England probably wins again. It is unfortunate. Um... I mean, that, that these two teams are playing because they played in one of the more boring Super Bowls here of recent memory back, what, in 2005? 24-21. Uh, that was the game, I think, what, Donovan McNabb threw up and, uh, um, you know. Oh, had a broken terrible, leg and he came back. Yep, and he played phenomenal. Deion Brent, you know who the MVP, I, I just, just gave it away, but do you remember who the Deion MVP? Branch. Yes. Wide receiver yeah, Deion Branch. It wasn't Tom Brady. I think it's the only time he didn't win. It's the only time he didn't win. Uh, I believe so. That they yeah, that they won a times. Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, won it four times. And uh, who's it? Yeah, it's what's, what's amazing is that last year's Super Bowl was the one they they won by the largest point. I mean, they won by six points. That's the largest they've ever won a Super Bowl by last yeah. year. Yeah, it came in overtime. Of course, that was after the twenty-three game. I thought what was it James White should have been the MVP of that Super Bowl. Yeah, what they had like three touchdowns. They had the game-winning touchdown. It was. Uh, I was fine with Brady being the guy because he was he was the man right there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure some random random guy Rex Burkhead will have 150 yards receiving or something stupid. <laughs> oh, so we'll see. That's the next week, or that's the Super Bowl next week from Minneapolis. Uh, Super Bowl what 52? And uh, apparently they, they've really gone to shit with these Super Bowl logos. 
They've all been the same since 2010. Uh, the one in uh, Miami between the Colts and the Saints was the last one that was unique. Besides that, they've all been the same past eight years. Uh, well, let's take a look at this. Yeah, yep. Yeah, the, the creativity all has silver, gone down. Silver, just silver and gray, XL. Uh, Super Bowl 50 was a little different, but yep. last year's was the same as the year before. So, I mean, good Lord. Yeah. Do do something different. Apparently, uh, a bunch of Radio Row will be taking place at the Mall of America. Um, I think that's... That would have been fun to do, Stack, and it would have been fun to do. Yeah. Want us do the radio show? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, yeah. We could have done Sports Block Podcast live from Radio Row. We could have had Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk on. Uh, maybe Paul Allen. What is that? Tuesday? When is that? What? You know what it is? Radio Row. Uh, it's all week. All week. Oh shit. Yeah, I mean, it, they're 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 all week. I think at the Mall of America. And I think Paul Allen or uh, Florio said on Tuesday with uh, Paul Allen on the nine to noon show on KFan that he is uh, in the food court. But uh, the Mall of America has many food courts, so uh, need to pin down where Florio is going to be. I have a pass for the week of. I have no interest in going, so I will not. I want to do radio stuff. Uh, there's just something there that interests me. If the Vikings would have gone, I, I would have been. I would. I would have made the trip, but there's nothing that uh, that interests me now. And there, there's no ties uh, to like from the area to any of these two teams, well, right? Well, no, not really. No, not really. So, I mean, I don't know what. I mean, I just don't know what. Virginia would have been around Brady and Belichick. They're doing their like media every day at the Mall of America because their hotel's right there. So I mean that would have been nice, but you know what? I don't know what else there would have been. I mean there would have been a bunch of stuff free downtown. I just you know something to say that you did it. You were there, but, right? Because uh, I don't think it's ever coming back, but. It yeah, was, it's whatever. I don't care. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, it goes off without a hitch, kind of like, um, kind of like the Super Bowl in Indianapolis. I mean, the people of of you know Minnesota are very nice people, unlike the the people of uh, Philadelphia or Eagles fans, I just should say, because uh, that does encompass some of New Jersey. But um, yeah, so uh, you know what? Hopefully, it's a great week and everything. One more note on uh, on the Vikings Eagles. Nick Foles played fantastic. I don't know if he could play any better. Uh, again, part of that was the Vikings' shitty defense, but I was very, you know, Nick Foles, he showed me something. And uh, now Pat Shermer got the head coaching job of the Giants. I don't know if the Giants maybe should have taken a look at Jim Schwartz because it looked sure as hell looked like uh, Schwartz had an edge on Shermer's offense. With the you know, He's the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. So uh, the Vikings in line for a new offensive coordinator. Uh don't know if it'll be in-house or if they'll look outside. And then got a whole slew of questions regarding the quarterback situation here. I'm uh, I'm hopeful that Drew Brees might come up this way. I mean, it. I would give it a half a percent chance. Maybe that's a little high that he would leave New Orleans. But until a deal gets done, boy, if I'm the Vikings, I say, hey, Drew, you want to play with this defense? You know, the, the, the regular season defense, not the postseason defense. You want to play with Thielen and and Diggs, and Dalvin Cook, and Kyle Rudolph, and let's draft Dallas Goddard, too, while we're at it here. Uh, this uh, pretty damn good uh, 
a good team uh, that uh, a quarterback should be salivating to go to? It should be. I'm sure he'll stay in New Orleans because he's a stupid bastard that likes New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> I'd be fine. I'd be fine with them bringing Keenum back for the uh, for a one year deal. They're probably going to you know twenty million, twenty three million. It's going to cost him, but uh, you know if he can do it again, then uh, that's worth twenty million, I suppose. Uh, Bradford, no reason to bring him back. And uh, looks like Ted he wants to he wants to play, so I don't know if that's going to be with the Vikings or not. He was uh, he was a pretty good soldier this year. Yep. He, he was he was ready to play, but he just didn't get the chance. So he did. He so, threw yeah, a pick it, against it, the Bengals. Yeah, same. I mean, same story. Team loses and they don't have a quarterback. It's the same story they've had for seemingly fucking thirty years now. How about Mason Rudolph at pick thirty? Yes, that would be uh, fine with me. I would uh, if he was there. I would pick him. Yes. So uh, what or Lamar Jackson. Or Lamar Jackson. Oh, him or yep, that's fine. Another Louisville quarterback. Um, so we'll see what happens here. Like, you know what? I like Keenum. I I would hope they would sign him to a like a team friendly deal, but don't lowball him. Um, I'm kind of de- done with Teddy just because I I don't know if you can go into next year say, stating significantly without a you know, without any any unequivocal doubt that he is completely injury free and that uh, that knee is nothing that you have to worry about. So. I mean, if I could make a run at, like, Kirk Cousins or, you know, again, Drew Brees is probably the preferential one, and you you don't really want to to go rookie quarterback, but, I mean, if, if there's someone available that can do it, uh, I think the Vikings, it, it's going to be very intriguing. That's all I'll say about this, uh, the, the 2018 quarterback class, both free agency and the draft, is it's going to, it's a pretty remarkable doesn't stuff usually happen during the summer league tournament? Yes, uh, free March. agency. So yeah, so uh, maybe uh, get get this shit done around that. That'd be good. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, again, we'll, we'll preview more of the Super Bowl next week. But uh, at least for now, the Vikings uh, season is done, and uh, and terribly, uh, I guess, predictable, um, deja vu like fashion. Uh, 0-6 now in their last six championship games. so Like, they've been to 10 conference title games and they've never won a Super Bowl. Like, how is that even possible? Right. You go to 10 conference title games and you don't win one Super Bowl. Seems It seems impossible. It seems impossible. And if Kirk Cousins, he's going to be out there. I mean, you're going to have to back up the Brinks truck. You're going to have to give this guy... I think uh, Kirk Cousins is going. Look, Stafford has that big contract now, the biggest ever. Mm-hmm. I uh, Cousins is going to be right there with five years, one hundred and thirty-five million. Um, I, I think that's what I think that's what Cousins is going to get. I don't know if he did enough this year with Washington to warrant a contract quite like that. I think that he'll get something right around there. Okay. Um, and that very well could be, and it might be with you know, say the Cleveland Browns or something. I guess the the Broncos are in love with Josh Allen, the Wyoming quarterback. But Allen, Jesus, are you <laughs> kidding me? Another tall fucker. How many? God, Pelway won a Super Bowl. I mean, God damn, he is terrible at drafting quarterbacks. Yeah, Paxton Lynch, Osweiler. 
Simeon is not tall, but he sucks. <laughs> God, this guy is not good. When you coming, not good at all. So, no way and quarterback. Not good. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, Josh Allen wants to turn the Cleveland Browns around. Uh, I mean, okay, so if you're the Browns, let's say you're the Browns. And you, I am the Browns. You, you, I am the Browns. Let's say you get Alex Smith in the offseason. Okay. Uh, you don't need to, And then you say, you know what? We have the fourth overall pick. What if we trade... You have the first pick. The, the first overall... Yes, they, they have the first overall pick. But let's say they trade the first pick to Denver for their first, fifth overall pick. So, I mean, Browns then would be picking four and five. And they, what, what, what do they get? Well, I would say Other they pick? get at least another first-round pick. So so Denver, Denver's picking on the Wyoming guy in this scenario. Yes. And then okay. they send at least one first-round pick, maybe a, uh, a second or two seconds and a third to Cleveland. So Cleveland... So, next, so next year's first. Yes. Yep. And maybe even the year after that's first. I mean, if you want to go two first-round picks oh, and a second-round pick or a first-round pick two seconds and a third however you want to do them do the math because jumping up from five to one that's a lot of points um i i don't know how they would how how it all work out but i would say that denver would need to pay uh, pay a a price somewhere in that range and they take josh allen because they're in love with him if i'm if i'm the cleveland browns and i know i have alex smith there i do this deal in a nanosecond, and I know Cleveland Browns fans will say, "Well, how is this different than the other regime that just like to, you know, coop, you know, re, you know, get all these picks and and pass on a quarterback and whatnot?" You know what though? I don't know if Josh Allen is worthy of number one. I don't know if Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen. I don't think any of them are worth number one. But let's say at at, at five, or maybe you you want to wait until the second round to take a. Pick, or otherwise, you just say, "Hey, Alex Smith, you're a quarterback to Sean Kaiser. You're going to learn under Alex Smith, and we see what happens. You know, next year, or the year after. I just, I, because I, I think they would be crazy if Saquon Barkley's there at four not to take him. Saquon Barkley is going to be a star in the NFL. I love this kid from Penn State. He's tremendous. Uh, apparently, Minka Fitzpatrick is one of the best cornerbacks that." Has come out uh, in in a long time. Uh, that that's what they say, um, or maybe that's what I say. Anyway, a lot of people really like Minka Fitzpatrick, the cornerback from Alabama. So if you got Barkley and Fitzpatrick, that's a pretty good uh, haul in there for that first uh, first round there. I, I'm just saying you you could look at this a number of different ways. And if Cleveland has their quarterback, and who knows, you could trade back up in the first round if you so choose. Um, but I would do that route if the Broncos are so if they are in love so much with Josh Allen, if Dorsey, the new GM there, can swing a trade with Kansas City to get Alex Smith, he knows him. I mean, he was in Kansas City before, and now you got Elliot Wolf. He's a smart guy, you know, from his time in Green Bay. I think you could easily swing a deal for Alex Smith and then trade that pick five to one to Denver and just get a haul in return and then use those picks. Don't just keep trading. You know, trade up if you need to, but uh, make good use of it. And I think Cleveland would, but I that's the route I would go if I'm the Cleveland Browns. It, it shouldn't take more than a fourth-round pick to get Alex Smith, I wouldn't think. Uh, Cle- 
Cleveland has a bunch. I mean, they just got a. They have a lot of draft picks this year. Very yes. high draft picks. Twelve, I think. Right? Uh, I mean, they've got a lot in the top. They got like eight of the top seventy-five picks. It's very good. I'd, I'd pick. You know, I like Jackson and Rudolph for my quarterbacks, and then these other guys. Uh, I do. I, I don't like uh, any of them. Yeah, Saquon Barkley would be nice. Do, do you like Baker Mayfield? Uh, yeah, I do like him. Yep, yeah. okay. I'm I'm fine with him. like the, the the big three. The big three, I don't like any of those guys though. Um, so they they've got a chance to either either just pick some guys here and and see what they have. I mean, their defense looks to be good. I think their run defense, based on the stats, is very good. So at least something is good. I mean, Kaiser is not good, and uh, he's probably not the guy. So they need they need somebody here. Uh, I had an idea. Uh, that, that's that's your proposal. Yep. They've got the first and the fourth. Uh, if you take both of those picks and say Indianapolis Colts, can we have your quarterback for the first pick and the fourth pick? Ooh. Is that enough? Is that enough to get the guy that can't have a that doesn't have an arm? Like, or the Colts? Yeah. I don't. I don't I, think. I don't think the Colts would do that. I don't know if I'm the wanted, Cleveland Browns. I would want to do that just because of the shoulder. That is a huge risk. If it works, that's a, it's a huge risk. But I like it because if, if that were to happen, the Colts would have the first pick, the third pick, and the fourth pick. They would have three of the first four. Oh picks. my God! I mean, that would just yeah, that, that would be great. Tremendous. Yeah, I guess. I guess from that standpoint, I don't like giving up a first and a fourth for a guy who's, when healthy, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but that shoulder concerns the hell out of me. I don't know if I could pull that that sort of trade. That would be like Indianapolis or you know, doing to Cleveland what Cleveland did to Indianapolis in the Trent Richardson trade. Um, what? I mean, they, they, you know, yeah, I mean, you Indianapolis gave a first-round pick to the Browns for Trent Richardson, a bust. I mean, you're going to give a and first. I mean, and everybody at the time said, what are the Browns doing? The Browns are stupid. That's true. And then what happened? Them. Two years later, he's out of the league. And and, and nobody goes back and says, ah, oh, the Browns, the Browns were. The Browns were smart because nobody, nobody likes the Browns. I hope the Browns are good. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be a potent, I think they're going to be a playoff team in two or three years if they can hit on these picks. And I need a quarterback. Need yep. a quarterback for Christ's sake. Yep. It's very difficult. They do, but if they can keep Josh Gordon, I think he's a tremendous talent. Um, you can see what they can do if they can get Saquon Barkley. I'm going to have Jeff Lloyd, I I, uh, Jeff Lloyd the second on uh, on the podcast here later, and we'll have him a lot here throughout the next few months with uh, Senior Bowl and Scouting Combine and in the draft and whatnot. But he does a podcast called Locked on Brown. So I'm going to propose this trade really? here, and, um, and we'll see what he says about that. We're going to talk mostly Senior Bowl prospects this week, or, you know, this week and this week's podcast. But uh, as we continue to go on, I'll, I'll see what uh, he thinks about that, uh, the potential trade, or see what the Cleveland Browns do. So, um Definitely have more Cleveland Browns talk, uh, probably more than most of you want. Coming up here, you know, uh, you, you like your Walter football and all this, all this stuff here. I do. Uh, uh, they don't have Dallas Goddard listed though, uh, so well, they're 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 on my shit list yeah. right now. 
Did you have him being picked, though, in the third round to Jacksonville, number 93 overall? Yeah, that's not him. So he is, at least, he is at least in their mock draft, 93 to, to a Jacksonville, which is one spot before the Vikings. So, uh, you know, hope, yeah, people hope he's a second-round pick. Uh, that would be great. I think he's, I mean, he's potential first round. Let's let's be real here. Uh, we'll see what he can do at the Senior Bowl this week. I'm not saying, I think just based on need, I don't think he will be a first yeah, a first round pick, which is unfortunate, but I think he's got first round talent. And I would love, 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 love to see him and Gronk together and just tear up the league. I really would like I, to see that. I, 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 I could see if Gronkowski murders somebody and hangs himself in jail in the next four months, maybe they pick him. <laughs> why, why don't you take him in addition to, to Gronk? It'd be like Aaron. Sure. It'd be like the the sure. the killer and uh, and Gronk, you know, two point Except that'd be fine. Yeah, do that. Except Goddard is a, a much better human being than Aaron Hernandez ever was. So, um, sure so. It, yeah. And you want what? What do you want the Vikings to pick here? I don't know. Offensive line is offensive line is the only thing I could say. Yeah, maybe he's an offensive lineman. And it just depends who's there. Yep. But they could. I mean, they could. They could take anybody. They could take anybody because they don't need. They don't need much of anything. I I agree. I I think they need offensive line and defensive line depth. You could use another guy in the secondary, uh, especially if Terrence Newman perhaps retires. Um, and then maybe you you. Maybe you get a Dallas Goddard, you know, to help, you know, pair him up with Kyle Rudolph. That would be pretty intriguing. Rudolph, or Rudolph's getting up. What's that? Rudolph's getting up there. Yep. So, or you know, you take this Andrews, the tight end out of Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, I would prefer Goddard, obviously, for you know, for reasons that don't need to be explained. But uh, it, or you go quarterback. So I, I it, it depends though on how this free agent period goes for the Vikings it really does so I I guess they, there's no one way that I would say they need to go because I need to see what they're going to do but I would say quarterback definitely has to be in consideration regardless of where they go uh, in free agency they will, they will draft Mobo again <laughs> is this Mobo. still on a team what team is he on uh, is he on anybody I don't think so I think Mobo's out of the league <laughs> Well, that's this this Kyle Sloter. Maybe he'll be a backup. I don't know. They they seem to like him. People seem to like this this random goddamn guy from Northern Colorado for God knows what reason. But uh, no, he's another guy. Yeah, let's see. Moritz. What the hell's his name? Moritz Bollringer. What? Or Moritz Boringer. How the hell do you spell that? How how do I spell that? Mobile wide receiver Vikings. Here it yep. is. Moritz Boringer. What's old Moritz? What's he up to these days? Uh, what community college is he playing at? Uh, he, he, he didn't have, he's, I don't think he's in the football mode. Nope, it says just the last thing I see on September 2nd, 2017, uh, Mobile was waived by the Vikings. Why were you so excited about that? I don't know. It's just like a German guy. It just seemed like a great story. He was, you know. You know, he looked like a man amongst boys in the German league. Two years of football, for Christ's sake. I know, I just... He hasn't, he hasn't tweeted since October 5th. He may be dead. He's only had 22 tweets. I was just excited for him. It seemed like a great story, and uh, 
unfortunately, it never worked out. So, oh, no, it did not. No. So, uh, oh. one of the one of the picks that I that I used to be ex- or that I was excited about that didn't pan out. I, I mean, it happens. It happens. Um. So we have that a lot of NFL. Were you excited more about him or the uh, who was the guy from Central Michigan? Oh, Dan Lefevre. Yeah, you've got a Lefevre. <laughs> Actually, I did get sick after the Vikings game. I had a little bug. Um, so that wasn't fun. But, um, oh, boy. Uh, I I have to say mobile. I was more excited for mobile. You were very excited, yeah. I mean, if Dan Lefevre was in a better situation than Chicago, I think he would have had a, a, a better career. Good thing he didn't kneel. Or else that would have really cost him. Would have. It would have. Uh, thank goodness. Government not shut down anymore. That's fantastic. Good job. Uh, Ten playoff games, the underdog is covered in nine of the ten. Uh, Titans were the only underdog not to cover against New England. Okay. So, I think they'll make it uh, ten of eleven, I think. Uh, it was like at six, six and a half, now it's down to five. I'd say I think Eagles can keep it within five. As long as the Patriots win, that's all I care about. Go Patriots, yeah. and I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Australian Open's going on. Do you give a damn? No. Okay, cool. Rafael Nadal uh, retired in the fifth set the other day, so uh, it's Roger Federer's to lose. So that's interesting there. How about um, how about some Major League Baseball news? Um, Hell yeah! So, uh, apparently, A-Rod's joining Sunday Night Baseball. But yet he, he's staying... Yes, I didn't realize that Dan Shulman was out. Um... He is. So Matt Vaskirgin, uh, Matt Vaskirgin, who works for the MLB Network and Fox, he is going to do Sunday Night Baseball as well because Disney or ESPN, you know, is buying a, a chunk of 21st Century Fox. So that means there's going to be some cross-promotional uh, shit going on here, some, you know, cross-working. Regardless, A-Rod and Vaskirgin are, or Vaskirgin are still working with Fox uh, we'll we'll see how this changes the sports landscape because I have a, I think it could be a pretty seismic shift here. Or, uh, how it how just it changes here going forward. We'll see um, later on. Um, you know, once I think once everything is done and we know details of of what's going on, but uh, a rod to Sunday night baseball. I think it's a great idea. Uh, what say you? Yeah, he's uh, he got some Romo qualities to him. He's very good. Uh, he didn't do a lot of games for Fox. He mostly a studio guy, but I thought he was very good uh, doing both. And he should be he should be out there more. So yeah, good thing he's out there every week now doing a game. This was this was an A plus hire on both ends. I don't figured A Rod would get it. Matt Vaskirgin uh, did not expect that, but I. Like that a whole hell of a lot. You Darvish watch. Uh, apparently, the Milwaukee Brewers have made a contract offer to Darvish. Uh, I mean, good it, luck, Milwaukee. Good yeah, luck. I, I don't think they're going to get it. Uh, where do we put the Twins' chances of getting him at? I, I'd say it's pretty significant. I'd say it's higher than. I mean, there's like five, five teams, five, six teams there. Um, like, the Yankees are right up against the luxury tax, so hopefully it's not them. Uh, I just can't see it being Milwaukee. Uh, I think it's going to be the Cubs. 
we get Darvish ultimately. Okay. They signed uh, they signed the, uh, the Twins backup catcher uh, Chris Jimenez, and oh. he knows him from Texas, I guess. So if that's the reason why or not, I don't know. But again, we're three weeks away from spring training, and still nothing, nothing has happened. So it's just very weird that we're at the Super Bowl almost, and uh, nobody is signed. So I think you end up with the Cubs. I think the Twins are like, you know, maybe number three or number four, but it's exciting that they're actually in the mix. I I think it was on Pardon the Interruption last week. I think I saw they, they had a story about well, why why aren't free agents signing or why is it why is the hot stuff the hot stove why is it not hot this year and um, okay. I, I'm taking full responsibility we just you know had some stuff here and it the, the stove just we didn't keep it stoked and we didn't keep the ashes going it just it, it's my fault here but um they said they're thinking about maybe it's it's going for next year that they're looking at that uh, do, do you and I, I guess I don't know who some of the big free agents are. I guess Bryce Harper comes to mind. Uh, but what what do we think? Why is, is that a plausible explanation as to why the hot stove has been anything but hot this offseason? Uh, I don't think so because, I mean, you look at, I mean, there's only a couple of teams that can sign Harper, uh, Manny Machado, uh, Clayton Kershaw has an opt-out. Um, so those are the three big names. And I mean, Machado apparently of... is linked to the Indians. Uh, they are potentially talking a trade. Who's that? The, the Cleveland Indians, I think I saw. To who? Uh, the, the Manny Machado. Really, is that it? Well, uh, I don't see that happening, but I mean, those are the two big names, and those guys you know, could get you know, three or $400 million contracts if they have really good years, which they... Uh, Machado's first half was was not good. He had a good second half, and uh, Harper had that really great season. Uh, last year was very good, but it's not worth four hundred million. So I, I don't buy that. Oh, they're waiting for next year because for Harper, it's what maybe the Nationals can keep them. You got the Dodgers, you got the Yankees. That's about it. I mean, there's not there's not many teams that can pay what these guys are going to get paid. So I don't buy that. Um, like Eric Cosmer, who's not a good player, is going to get a lot of money. Uh, the Padres have been rumored with him. He's going to get a, a ridiculous contract. Um, you've got, what, Greg Holland is still out there. Mm-hmm. Jay Bruce. Jay, what, Jay Bruce went back to the Mets. He did, yep. Uh, what, you got Mike Moustakis, who, again, all, these Royals guys all suck. He's going to get money. Somebody's, hey, those are World Series champion Kansas City Royals you're talking about there. Real, and well-deserved as well. Uh, Lorenzo Kane, center fielder, he's, he's fine. Uh, Giants have probably been the most active team in mm-hmm. free agency. They got uh, they traded for McCutcheon, like we mentioned that last week. Yep. Uh, Longoria. Uh, they might get another guy. So there, there's been some uh, columns out there about why why it's been so slow. Um, like I mentioned last week, they don't want to spend, they don't want to have a terrible five, six, seven year contract. That might be a reason why uh, nobody really knows. And um, it sucks. So. Uh, here's the thing uh, regarding Indians and uh, Orioles discussing Manny Machado. I have something posted from January 20th. 
Uh, and according to uh, the, that the Indians and the Orioles were in contact last month about a trade that could have sent Manny Machado to Cleveland, uh, according to John Morosi of MLB.com. Although he adds that the, the, the two teams are no longer actively discussing a deal. So, uh, Charlie Blackman, Rocky Center fielders are free agent next year. Josh Donaldson is an old free agent. Mm-hmm. He's going to be 33 years old. Uh, let me just, yeah, next year is, is, is a big year. Isn't he the guy that just got a whopping ton of money in arbitration? Yeah, he got like, uh, Charlie Blackman got like 14 million, 15 million. Donaldson got like 20 million almost. So, yeah, both of those guys got hefty raises and, and, and well deserved. I mean, JD, JD Martinez seems like he would go to, uh, to the Red Sox. But again, this is, this is getting beyond, beyond ridiculous. Uh, yeah, and the Brewers, like the Brewers are going to do something. And, uh, the, the Marlins still have pieces to sell off too. So, uh, this is, this is insanity. What's going on? Uh, let's see. Let a couple NBA notes here. Uh, it's time for again for our weekly installment. We brought this back last week. We'll bring it back this week. A panic time oh, in Cleveland. What? Not bullbound. No, not bullbound or not. No, nope. Uh, is it, uh, what's the panic level in Cleveland like? Because it should be pretty high. What is it? Yeah, it's got to be high. Again, for me, it's a zero. But um, I mean, whatever team LeBron is on, they. You know this is bullshit. I mean, they're they're a terrible defensive team. Uh, I think they're going to make a trade. They almost have to make a trade yep. at this point. George Hill of the Sacramento Kings is the the name uh, linked to them. You got to do a little bit better than that. I mean, like a, like a DeAndre Jordan, like a, somebody who can play some goddamn defense because nobody seems interested on this team. What they, it's it's been atrocious mm-hmm. uh, to, to watch. But still, they're they're still. The three seed, I mean, I don't, Toronto again, just no. I think Boston has a chance, Toronto, I don't give them any any chance of doing anything whatsoever. So it's a two-team race. I give Cleveland about an 80% chance to reach the finals, Boston about 20, nobody else, anything. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out now, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think LeBron's going to be back there next year. So, um. Well, that's just, it, that's just it. I wouldn't, it, you know, there's always talk about them using the pick that they have from the Nets next year, which is like, what, top three protected. I wouldn't use that to try and land a star, you know, to help LeBron this year because you have to think about the future as well. And maybe that's something that they can tout to LeBron as well. Like, hey, we're going to get a damn good player in the NBA draft coming up. Uh, so we can't use this next year, but this is going to help the team. What do we we can be creative in several other ways. What can we do to help you out here? So I, I just wouldn't use the the Nets pick next year. Yeah, there's no no reason to get rid of that pick now because because you're not beating Golden State the way things look right now. I mean, Houston has the best chance. The Western Conference Finals should be very good. But yeah, as you keep that pick, just in case LeBron gets out of town, they need somebody and that. Next pick should be should be good, so that they need to keep that as insurance. And um, I mean, LeBron, he's the coach and general manager here. He want I mean, he, this is his team. Mm-hmm. He probably he probably would like 
Kyrie Irving on the team, that probably wasn't, uh, I'm sure he would like him. That was more of a Kyrie Irving decision yep. than a LeBron decision. And, uh, and I thought they did as well as they could to get all like all that in return, you know, for for Kyrie yeah. Irving who wanted to get out. But this is LeBron's roster. I mean, everybody on this team is is there because you know Kyle Korver and Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade, J.R. Smith, J.R. Smith, and Tristan Thompson and Way. I mean, it's a good team, and they got a lot of good players. But their defense, right? Uh, Isaiah Thomas is, is coming back. Uh, he's been a little slow to get going, but. Yep. Uh, He'll, he'll get they'll, they'll be better. Though. Yeah, they'll be better. And uh, I guess first time for a while, you can look forward to the Eastern Conference Finals, I would say. Yep. Uh, they're playing the Spurs Tuesday night. Spurs have some issues with Kawhi Leonard. They're shutting him down indefinitely with the quad injury. There's some talk about you know how he's rehabbed it and against the team's wishes or you know they, they just aren't seeing eye to eye. Big deal, no deal. How big a deal is uh, Kawhi Leonard's injury? And the, the subsequent oh. fallout, like the, the relationship between him and the team regarding the rehab. And he seems like an odd fellow. Uh, I mean, if he's not there, that's that's the biggest thing. If he's not there, what he feels disconnected from the team, or what the hell did he say? I don't, I don't know. I guess it's just that there's something that, again, I, I didn't uh, see this directly uh, or like read a, a ton about it, but I, I heard it on one of the, the ESPN shows about how I think it was actually uh, highly questionable was talking about it. Maybe it was Monday or something or last week. I can't remember. Something about how uh, the the team wants Kawhi Leonard to rehab this differently, or they're just they're they're. It's a mystery as to what sort of quad injury this is. That is, you know, that he can't come back from since last year's you know Western Conference Finals against Golden State. Like what what's going on? And they're. You know, is it the rehab? And apparently, there, there's just something going on there that uh, you don't often see from the Spurs and in, in a disconnect with a player such as Len, uh, Kawhi Leonard with the team. Seems similar to the Colts and Andrew Luck, where he should be back, but he isn't. But now he's just got to get healthy. He's not ready, obviously. And um, obviously, they probably expected him to be back by now, so that's probably where. A lot of the a lot of the frustration is that he expected him to be back, but he's not. So, I mean, they're they're kind of being forgotten about. I mean, Timberwolves could get the three seed. Yep. After all this is is done, that would benefit them. So, you know, uh, if, if Leonard's there, I mean, they'll still be will still be a tough team. But uh, if he's not healthy, then I don't think so. A lot of fights last week in the NBA. Um, none that I mean, Aaron Aflalo's trying to punch a Timberwolf. You know, that you have. Houston Rockets trying to get into the Clippers locker room. It's it, it's bad. It's a bad look for the league. But I, I I think right now the league is so immune to anything bad happening to them. Like it do, it doesn't matter what is happening. I guess is what I'm trying to say because of you know the NBA's uh, in an in a state of immense popularity right now. Uh, so it doesn't seem like anything's going to happen. But uh, this is at least from my perspective, this is not a good thing for the league. And I know they don't think that either. But it doesn't seem like it's going to hurt them at all. No, not. I mean, it's not a huge thing, right there. It doesn't get a whole lot of publicity. Yeah, NBA. I mean, NFL is kind of on a downturn. Uh, NBA, for whatever reasons, kind of uh, on an upswing. I mean, they talk about how terrible the NBA, the uh, football ratings are, but still, it's it's still so much above and beyond anything. Mm-hmm. 
would I think 42 million watched Vikings Eagles which is down quite a bit but still I mean 42 million nobody well, it's a blowout too yeah it's a blowout I mean nobody I think uh, Jacksonville and uh, Patriots did well yep down down slightly from last year, but not a ton. Overall ratings are down about like seven to eight percent from last year. Yeah. So like second straight year they've been down seven to ten percent. So that's not a good trend. Um, sounds like Fox may get Thursday night football, so that's uh, so, more of that junk. I saw ABC was making a pitch. I think TNT was as well. Yeah, so NBA is good right now. Eastern Conference. So what Jason Kidd got fired from Milwaukee. Who's uh, a game and a half from being out of the playoffs, or they're three and a half from being a three seed? So still very tightly bunched. Yep. And uh, my my bulls, my bulls just keep on rolling. They they let one slip away at New Orleans on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were up fifteen points with five minutes to go. That's a game you got to win. Uh, Cousins had what forty four, twenty four, and ten. Yep. So that's awfully good. But uh, at least the bulls are worth a damn to watch. Zach Levine has done well his first few games back. Uh, but the Eastern Conference just a big old piece of shit. And, uh... I, I was just going to oh. say, I work with an avid Bucks fan. And he came gleefully to me on Monday and said, The Bucks fired Jason Kidd! Uh, he, he's very stoked about this uh, Jason Kidd. Yeah. Uh, th- this is the... The Bucks traded picks to the Nets for Jason Kidd. The, okay. th- that's not a good... That that's not looking good, Milwaukee. Not looking good. Um, I guess I don't know what's so special about Jason Kidd, but Bucks fan seems to be happy. They seem to be happy mm-hmm. uh, about this. Uh, I got into a Twitter discussion with some Bucks fans, and of course they just uh, just throttled me to no end. Um, I don't even know what the fuck it was. It was about. I, it was about. I think uh, Giannis is going to leave at some point. Yeah. Um, it's not like a four-year, $100 million extension here. And uh, he has said that he wants to, you know, stay in Milwaukee forever, win a championship and all this. I just, you know, once he gets to be 27, 28, and they haven't gotten out of the first round of the playoffs, and he's been there for eight years, and how much longer is he going to want to stay? And you look at that team, what they got, Eric Bledsoe, they got some dog shit rookie of the year from Virginia, Brogdon, uh... Chris Milton, they've got a fine team. They've got a team good enough to go 500 in the East to get the seventh seed, for Christ's sake. But uh, I think they're they're fooling themselves if they think they're ever going to sign anybody to go to Milwaukee. For oh, God's sake, Gerald, uh, Travis, you're you're forgetting this. I mean, Giannis is from Greece. Huh? Athens and Milwaukee are like the same city in just two huh. different countries. They are big, uh, big racist in Milwaukee, uh, and it's just just like Greece. And uh, it's been shown that you need at least two Hall of Fame players on your roster to win a championship. You just go down every NBA champs, except the, the Pistons from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. They'll have a two two Hall of Fame, not one, two Hall of Fame players. Giannis might be a Hall of Famer. There's nobody else on that roster that, that's even close. So you need at least two. They barely have one, so... There you go. The uh, let's switch to college basketball now. A, another week of upsets and you just head scratching defeats. I mean, Wichita State loses two games, uh, including one at home to what SMU. That's that's not good. They lose on the road. I mean, SMU's good. SMU's good. 
Uh, yeah, but I mean, both SMU and Houston are borderline teams right now, according to ESPN's uh, bracketologist Joe Lenardi. They're both in right now, but like one loss, and they're they're essentially out skis. Uh, the Big Twelve is by far and away the best conference in basketball this year, and uh, every time I get close to thinking West Virginia can do something, they they fail. Uh, they're losing a lot of uh, close games here now. Oklahoma's kind of falling back in the pack a little bit. TCU continues to lose close games. Uh, I mean, this is this is a good conference. Um, I mean, Kansas. Are we are we sold on Kansas? Uh, just- yeah, I mean, I I've been hard on coming. Kansas has not been good, but I mean, they're finally they're finally getting it going, and uh, you know they're probably going to beat Oklahoma. As, as we speak, and if they do that, you know, I question like a week or two ago if they could even win the Big 12. How goddamn stupid of that. I mean, of course they're going to win the Big 12 because mm-hmm. why wouldn't they? So they, they've gotten back on track. Uh, Kansas State's a team I really like a whole hell of a lot. Kansas State, uh, they, they let one slip away against Kansas a couple weekends ago. Yep. They beat the hell out of Baylor uh, last night. So uh, Kansas State, they may be in that playing game. They get into the tournament and all, but they've uh, they've shown me something. Well, that's good. I'm glad they have. Uh, as we should mention SDSU uh, throttled Western Illinois last week. Uh, big showdown with USD here on Wednesday night. So uh, by the time any of you listen to this podcast, you'll know what happened between SDSU and USD. But uh, good stuff there. I mean, David Jenkins Jr. had a huge game against Western Illinois. This SDSU team is continuing to roll. And if you look at the latest bracketology, because uh, that's that's just what we do here, uh, SDSU is a 13 seed. I believe they are playing... Uh, Cincinnati. Cin- no. No. In Boise. I'm looking it, at it. Is it Cincinnati? Ah, oh, damn. I thought it was someone else. I thought it was like... Uh, they did. I thought yeah, it was Tennessee or something. Here. Yeah, they did switch um, but yeah, I mean Cincinnati. Uh, obviously, Final Four team Cincinnati for me. I think they're what ninth right now. So they're playing well. So a good defensive team. I would rather play Tennessee than Cincinnati. I know that much. If I'm SDSU. Oh yes, without but question. They are what uh, their RPI is sixty five SDSU. So that's a solid RPI. Uh, if you want to talk about at large bids with the women, then then yes, you can talk. You can legitimately talk. If the women lose in the championship to USD and all this shit, they, I think they are very deserving of an at-large because they're, what, a 10 seed right now. Mm-hmm. The, the women's RPI is 31, so they should have gotten in the last year. And uh, as, as long as things stay the way they are, I think they're strength the schedule at 60. This is probably the best resume they've ever had. Mm-hmm. So God forbid they lose to USD, which I just don't think is going to happen. Um I mean, they could be a ten seed. This is and this is probably uh, best team or second best team they've ever had. Yeah, how do you lose games like they did to like was it Creighton? Like you should you shouldn't lose those games. Florida uh, Gulf Coast is very good, so that's I mean they're they're gonna I mean Green yeah, Florida Bay's Gulf good Coast. Loss. I mean Green Bay is always in the tournament and they can get an at large if they were to somehow slip up. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast is in that same category of Somehow they were to be upset, uh, they could get in, and uh, just like SDSU. So SDSU played like the two best mid-major teams. Those would have been very good wins, but it didn't happen. Um, 
Louisville is six in RPI. That would have been an outstanding win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma is not making the tournament, but they're at 500 now, and their RPI is good, so that's going to be a good win. And uh, North Carolina State's making the tournament. I think they're a top 20 RPI team, so that's really going to be It'd be a big one for SDSU to get those top 20, top 50 wins. Yeah, and you were right about SDSU's men playing Cincinnati or projected right now. Uh, but I mean, if you could beat Cincinnati, I think you can beat either Tennessee or Buffalo. That's a, it's a really interesting. Well, they lost, and they, they they already played Buffalo, and that's uh, their best win. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, yeah. No, that's I mean, their best win. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was going to say There's Ole Miss or. Buffalo is at 32 on the RPI. Old Miss yep. is at 91. Um, yeah, and that that is that yeah. was a good win. Yep. Oh yeah, a- absolutely, absolutely. So, um, any any uh, big matchups this week that you're intrigued by on the college basketball landscape? I take a look at the old thing here. Uh, the Big Ten is bad. Awful. The Big Ten is bad. Is, are, is Purdue really a one seed? Like, how good? Is, this is the thing yeah. about college basketball this year. There have been so many upsets, and I, granted, I haven't been able to watch a ton of it. I'm hoping to Wait, get... Purdue is really good. It, but can we trust them? That, that's what I want no. to know. Like, is Can we trust no. Villanova this year? I mean, Villanova's really good, but can we trust them yeah. to get out of the, the second round? Uh, I, I want to know how... Like, Can we trust Purdue? Can we trust Virginia? Can we trust Villanova? I, I, get, I know the answer to Virginia, but... Uh, can, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you look at all the teams. Purdue, Virginia, Villanova, all one seeds, all teams that regularly disappoint. So there's no way in hell I'm picking either of those teams. Probably even get to the, uh, definitely not to the Final Four. Right. I mean, you just look at the bracket, bracket the way it is now, and the teams that I like, Wichita State. Where the hell are you at, Wichita State? Uh, they are a five Wichita. seed in the oh, South for region. Fuck's sakes. Oh, for fuck's sakes. You look at that. You look at that bracket, Wichita State has. I, I'd pick them to, to to go to the Final Four. Here's an all, who no, in that who, no. who in that bracket would you pick? Xavier. Xavier. Our, our Xavier, Xavier squad. Two, two of my Final Four teams in the same damn bracket, Xavier and Wichita State. I it, mean, you look at that. And you it's, look your, at that and, it's your, and your favorite mid majors in there, Nevada. Nevada, what a crock of shit! They're doing good. Nobody's talking about them. Six seed right now, good for good for the Wolf Pack. Um, I mean, Auburn's a four seed. Get the fuck out of here. You know. Um, so if I were to look at this here, the January twenty second edition of uh, Bracketology here on ESPN.com, If I'm looking at the, at the the East right now, I think I would take Florida, the five seed, or or Villanova. No. I I can't get myself to take Villanova, so I'll take Florida out of the East. Mainly because I picked them at the I mean, beginning of the year. Uh, the West. When you will be okay. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna. Take Duke. I, I'll take Duke in the West uh, against Michigan State. That's a tough one, but I will take. Uh, I'll take them in the. In the in the mid in the Midwest. This is just shit here. Um, I might take Kansas by default, Kansas. but I I don't like that pick. I mean, looking at the brackets right now. And because there's no great team this year, I mean, there's, I feel like it's going to, I mean, sure, I'm sure things will uh, even out at the end of this year and and there'll be some favorites. But right now, you look at this and you have a very difficult time picking who wins. Right. Or who gets out of these regions. I mean, Purdue 
I mean, they're they're playing well, but come on now. Um, and I'll tell you, Arizona. Another, like, and I, I said I don't trust West Virginia anymore because I think they just go into long droughts uh, where yeah. they where they can't score on offense. Defense is great, but if you can't score, uh, and that's what it seems like they've ran into here in recent games. I, so I my trust on West Virginia is down the drain. Yeah, they, I mean the big the Big Twelve's got so many of these teams that can beat each other. Uh, Texas Tech, I don't. I think they're on they're on a downward trend. Oklahoma State's looking pretty good right now. Uh, TCU, they're ugly ass albino black point guards out for the year. That's a big loss for them. Um, so it's 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 a lot of teams. I mean, Oklahoma's got Trey Young, who yep, he had a ridiculous number of shots losing at home against Oklahoma State in overtime. He shot twenty three pointers. He shot thirty nine shots. He said to be a new so man was, though. New man coming up uh, against he, Kansas. He said he, he had forty eight points. So that's that's a lot of points, but. Uh, a lot, a lot of basketball to be played. We're only, I think, 40 days away from the Summer League Tournament, but we'll have a lot of fun right there. And really, mm-hmm. the next, when the Summer League Tournament starts, that's for a month straight, uh, we got basketball every day, so that's, that's good. Excellent. It is. It is. Um, so are there any matchups this week, then, that you are intrigued uh, by, besides okay. SDSU-USD? Uh, let me take a peek. Uh, Michigan at Purdue. Thursday night, uh, I mean, Purdue, what they shot, there was at Iowa, where they had 23 pointers. I mean, that was, that was impressive. Uh, Ohio State's uh, been a good surprise. Ohio State seems to be really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nebraska almost knocked off Ohio State the other night. So Nebraska, probably not making it, but they're, hopefully they bring their coach back. Oh, uh, yeah, Arizona State, they've come back to earth. You have uh, Gonzaga and St. Mary's. They're also always uh, lurking in the woods. Um, and Wisconsin looks looks absolutely terrible at the moment. Good win for Vatek there, beating Carolina the other night. Mm-hmm. Good win for them. Uh, you have something called the Big 12 SEC Challenge, some sort of bootleg uh, something this weekend, which just looks, uh, just looks disastrous. Mm-hmm. Um one o'clock on Sunday, you have Virginia at Duke. By all means, Duke slit their throats and, and, and let Virginia bleed out. Um, yeah, so it's uh, Virginia at Duke. Please, Duke, kill them. You have Kentucky at West Virginia. That's the only game worth a damn in that little showdown. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Nova at Marquette Sunday at noon on the Big Fox. Upset alert there. Uh, Purdue at Indiana, maybe an upset upset there. Hold, wait, wait, wait! Uh, time out, time out. You said it's uh, it's Marquette at Villanova or in Villanova at Marquette. Villanova at Marquette. Okay, and they 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 upset them last year, if I recall correctly. So, yep, that's that's valid. So uh, a couple matchups. Yeah, it's. Uh, we we got we need an update on this uh, Virginia and Clemson score. The over under was one nineteen. I don't think we're getting getting to one nineteen. Virginia's going to win. Uh, it's fifty four to thirty four with four minutes to go. They're going to push a hundred. So um, yeah, 
Yuck. Virginia. Yeah. It's it, hard to score 50. It's hard to score 50 and win. They, they, they gave up 49 to Wake, 48 to God Tech, 51 to NC State, 49 to Carolina, 52 to... I mean, this is... This is a struggle. This is a goddamn struggle. It is. It is definitely. Uh, anything else... Uh, before we say so long, are you going to watch the Pro Bowl this weekend? <laughs> oh, goddamn no. I'm not going to watch it. Uh, NBA All-Stars were announced, so they'll have that draft think, on Thursday. So we'll see how that goes. Not televised, though, because it'll hurt NBA players' feelings. That's I don't need to see it. I don't care. They can pick their teams, do whatever they want. Uh, I don't know what else is going on. Okay. All right. Oh, by the way, William Jewell right now is beating UMKC. Uh, I want Kansas City back in uh, the Summit all, League. But, all uh, by himself? All by himself. Yes. Yes. William Jewell is taking down UMKC. So the one-man band. Oh, that's great oh, to see. We are. We are. All right. Thank you very much, my friend. Um, and just remember, um, you know, if you have that broken heart, it, it'll be all right. It, the, the Vikings have provided it to you before, uh, and they'll provide it to you again, no doubt. But um, you know, it, we're you know what? On to next year. Like like you're on to Cincinnati. We're on to next year. On to Cincinnati. Good. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm sure yeah, Super Bowl next. Show, we'll talk about it next week. Uh, should be should be uh, a shit game. Oh, there we go. Hopefully it is, and the Patriots stop them. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Sorry, we'll see you next week. All right. Travis Krenz joining us here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time and efforts, as always. Uh, a lot of stuff to get to. Not a lot of stuff. But, I mean, we have no. Um, we have no no games to pick. I sure as hell ain't going to pick the Pro Bowl. Uh, that's at like 3.50 Eastern, 2.50 Eastern. It's, it's on ESPN and ABC on Sunday afternoon. That's all I got. But coming up next, we'll keep the football going and we'll wrap up the Sports Block podcast this week with a return of our good friend Jeff Lloyd II. You hear him now on Locked On Browns, the, the, the very popular podcast. So we'll talk about the Senior Bowl with him. Maybe I'll throw in that, uh, that Broncos-Browns trade. Uh, have him mull on that uh, here if they, maybe throughout the week. and Hopefully he'll join us next week. And uh, we'll wrap up... Uh, the Sports Block Podcast here for this week. So, Jeff Lloyd, second, coming up next here. Uh, hopefully, unless something happens with the schedule, it's coming up here next on Sports Block Podcast, now available on iTunes. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, pleased to be joined by my good friend Jeff Lloyd, the second here. You may know him from the popular podcast Locked On Browns. Uh, Jeff, how's it been? It's been a long time. Uh, it, it is. Uh, it's been a long time. Uh, things are good. Uh, the show's going well. It's been very well received. I'm enjoying the fact that it's a daily, you know, the daily aspect of a show. That's uh, really something I've enjoyed. You know, obviously some more wins, to, some wins to talk about would have been nice. Yeah. But, uh, you know, being a draft lover with uh, this team, you know, it's been fun. I've been able to incorporate that aspect into it a lot sooner than, you know, other NFL coverage, you know, guys covering NFL teams would be able to. Uh, let me ask you, though. How's Fonahoe treating you, buddy? Oh, You know what? Uh, it's been pretty good so far. Uh, you never 
realized how just how great five or six straight hours of sleep is, is until you have a kid. Uh, but it's been it's been pretty great so far. Noah's a, a wonderful addition to the family, and uh, he brought the Vikings some good luck, I guess, prior to that NFC Championship game. So uh, we're already uh, making sure that he knows what disappointment feels like. Uh, yeah, that's probably, I guess, a good way to start it. Get it out, you know, get it right out of the way early, you know, and then you know, you hope for better things from there. So at least he understands the stuff brought you. Know? Right, absolutely. But thank you for asking. Appreciate that. Uh, before we get into the Senior Bowl here, because that's what I I want to talk with you um, in greater detail about. Um, I haven't listened to a, a lot of the Lockdown Browns podcast. I listened to a few of them. Uh, they're very good. Uh, me and uh, my friend, my co-host here on the the podcast, Travis Krins. I, we were talking a little bit earlier just about, you know, the, the draft and, you know, Josh Allen saying now he wants to be that guy to lead the Cleveland Browns. And we're like, oh, I, you know, is Josh Allen really that sort of great prospect that the Browns want? So let me ask you a Browns-related question here quick. You know, now that Dorsey's the GM of the uh, Cleveland Browns, came over from Kansas City, and it seems like the Denver Broncos are in love with Josh Allen and John Elway loves him and all that. If the Chiefs could, you know, swing a trade with the Browns for sending Alex Smith to Cleveland, would I mean, should the Browns then try and get, uh, you know, have Denver trade up to one to get Josh Allen? Uh, what what sort of trade? What do you think they would get in return? And do you think that would be something that the Browns would highly consider? I, I don't think the trade aspect is the way you want to go here. Uh, you know, obviously you saw what Dorsey did last year. He moved up to get a Pat Mahomes to replace an Alex Smith. So now here he is in a situation where he's got his pick of this entire quarterback class. Nobody can beat him. You know, there's no way Cleveland cannot get the guy that they absolutely want. You know, I mean, the fans of Cleveland love to use the, you know, they can't Cleveland it. Not, it they can't screw it up. They can draft the guy that they want. Nobody can jump him. It's not like somebody's in front of them that can trade and take away their guy. So, you know, I look at Dorsey. You know, here's a guy who, you know, spent a lot of draft capital last year to basically say to Alex Smith, this is your last year here. We found a better and more talented guy. Granted, Dorsey wasn't so much the key on that quarterback as Andy Reid and the other guys in the building were, but they did, at the end of the day, make that move. With a guy like Alex Smith, as, you know, he's gotten by and he's been a fantastic quarterback, you know, probably certainly underrated. But, you know, doesn't have the arm strength. And you, you take him from San Francisco, you put him in Kansas City where weather's a factor. You would want to, you're going to take him from Kansas City, put him to Cleveland where weather's even more of a factor. Now, with a guy in his mid 30s, the arm strength is not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. Uh, you know, there's lapses in his game, as you saw in this regular season, you know, where the Chiefs lost to the New York Giants, they lost to the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. If I'm Cleveland, you know, I already have a 22 year old quarterback on the roster. I am in position to get whoever. This is a well regarded group whether it's a Baker Mayfield, whether it's a Sam Darnold, whether it's a Josh Rosen. And look, let's not buy the Josh Allen hype. If Denver wants to take him high, by all means, God bless you. I don't think they would have to move to get him. Uh, you're talking about a guy with not much film. And other than the fact that he's six foot five, 240 pounds, he looks the part. But uh, you know, it's very, very gray on whether or not he can play the part. If you're Cleveland, you take your quarterback of choice. Me, myself, I'd take Josh Rosen. I personally think at the end of the day, Sam Darnold will end up as the number one selection in the NFL draft. Okay, so we'll see. We do have a few months to get in uh, before, of course, the draft happens, and you know, there's a lot to get into between now and then. One of them, which is the Senior Bowl, we were just discussing uh, before we uh, before you came on the podcast about you know 
you know, where's, I was looking at this, this roster, and I'm not seeing Dallas Goddard at all, and I'm Googling, and I'm not seeing anything, and yet, yet the devastating news that he uh, hurt his hamstring in practice the other day. So that that's that's a big blow um, to Dallas Goddard, I would have to think. Um, we don't know, I guess, the severity of it, uh, but that that's tough, and that's a, a certainly a big risk that these guys take by playing in this game. Uh, and this is going to be something now. Now, thirty guys up until that point had pulled out of the game. You now, look, you get your blue chip seniors who get an invitation. You know, Bradley Chubb, you know, from NC State. You know, pretty pretty much a top five lock in this NFL draft. You can understand why he's not going to risk anything. Mm-hmm. But when you get, but also now, when we're talking about the senior bowl, these aren't underclassmen. These guys, they have their four years of film. You know how they played. There's not much more they could possibly really do in a senior bowl, unless you're talking about the smaller guys who are competing against bigger school guys, you know, who didn't get the, you know, basically the stage that they needed. So you, this is something you're going to worry about because agents are more concerned. You know, if you, I've talked with agents and guys I've spoken with, they would rather you be in 110% pure physical, you know, best abilities to go to Indy, run well, lift well, do everything well there, as opposed to, you know, showing well in the senior bowl. Look, NFL teams have you know your four years of tape, whether you're a two-year starter, three-year starter, four-year starter. They have pretty much what they think of you as a player. You know, the Senior Bowl is just a different way to see it and see how you handle it in a scenario where you're new to it and everything's new and everybody's coming off you know without being in the same system for you know three and four years whatsoever. So you got to wonder about whether you know guys are going to continue to pull out of this game. Look, we've we've gotten to the point where guys are pulling out of competitive bowl games for their mm-hmm. colleges. You're going to wonder how they're going to side you know deal with the Senior Bowl going further. Some guys have suggested maybe Senior Bowl is going to have to open up a little bit to maybe think about bringing in some underclassmen. But, but you know, agents, and these are the guys directing these players, they would prefer you have a better combine than you do a better Senior Bowl. And it was tough for Dallas Goddard. You know, and obviously when you get down to Mobile, these guys, most guys haven't played a, ga- a football game or even a practice in four to five weeks. Mm-hmm. And most of the working out they're doing is combine related. You know, it's stretching exercises to get yourself maximized explosion in a 40. Or, you know, know, just anything leg-related. So, you know, you get a good vertical jump on the record so that you can check all those type of boxes. And you get these guys in this environment, and they're going to go 110% because they know there's a lot of line, they know there's a lot of eyes on them. But you haven't done football activities in four to five weeks. You're very susceptible to muscle pulls. And, you know, that's what we had yesterday. Uh, You know, you hope for Dallas Goddard to get himself right, get himself better, you know, for Indy to get his test numbers out there. I mean, he'll still get a pro day. You want him healthy, and hopefully he'll get to Indy. Hopefully it wasn't a major hamstring injury. It was just enough to derail him for this week, but he could be ready, you know, obviously in a month or so for Indy. Yeah, hopefully, and that's the big key right there is Indy. And that, I guess, that, that even goes towards the Shrine Bowl that happened last week too, right? I mean, you, you these guys do have to make decisions. And I guess from the smaller school standpoint, I mean, I'm seeing guys here, you know, the, you, know you have Division two, Division three schools. You want to, this is your chance to shine. So you're going to take a risk over someone that's probably playing at, you know, like a, a Penn State or a Michigan, a, a Washington State, even though we do have Luke Folk, the, the senior quarterback from Washington State here. But I would say, I would think that the smaller school players are definitely there to, because they have more at stake here than, or they can, I guess, make a, a bigger jump and rise their draft stock versus uh, someone from a Power Five conference. Exactly. There's a, you know, there's a lot more opportunity from them, you know, for those guys of things. And look, in Dallas Goddard, he really was even a guy whose name was trending very well. Um, you know, so it was a tough spot for him. Uh, the Shrine game, you saw a couple guys got through practices clean. And on Friday, I'm not going to play tomorrow. 
And that what it was is their agents knew that they practiced well, scouts had seen it, and said, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll pull the plug here. And next stop is Indianapolis. It, it's something, you know, that these All-Star games are going to have to deal with. It's tough for them because, you know, they have something that they want to feature. Uh, there's never going to be a perfect ground where everybody's going to be happy. So, you know, the All-Star games are just going to have to continue to adjust. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe start, you know, maybe up your roster, you know, three, four guys. Although I do think, you know, four quarterbacks on each roster at the Senior Bowl is a little bit long in the tooth. But you're going to have to. I mean, there's a good possibility Baker Mayfield's mother's not feeling well. She's got a doctor's appointment tomorrow. Baker Mayfield could be out of, he could be out of Mobile as soon as tomorrow if the word comes that he needs to go home. So it's just tough, and it's you just gonna with anything in the world, you got to continually adapt if you want to put out something good, and that's what the All Star Game circuits are going to have to do. Well, even looking at the the quarterback roster here from the North to the South, there's a huge disparity. I mean, you look at the North; they have uh, Luke Falk, they have uh, um, Baker Mayfield, they have uh, Josh Allen. Those are three of the four. Also, Tanner Lee from Nebraska. The South doesn't have that many great quarterbacks. Here at least, but this is where they can make a name for themselves. So, uh, I guess from your standpoint, who are a few guys from both sides, both the North and the South team, that you're really keeping an eye on this week? I I think first and foremost, this is it's going to be about the two quarterbacks, and I think it is kind of cool that they're going to get to compete against each other. You know, hopefully Baker can you know finish out the week. Uh, You know, maybe maybe can bring something more out of Josh Allen, realizing you know that he's you know you know basically throwing against the guy who's got all the rep in the world, has got all the tape in the world, and where Josh is a lot more of what could he be one day. Um, obviously, they're both working with the Denver roster. I think maybe part of the reason why they did it was is Houston. They're established at the quarterback position, obviously coaching the, coaching the other team with Deshaun Watson. So maybe they put him over on the Denver side. Obviously, the John, John Elway being there, that type of thing, maybe get in their ear a little bit, give him some pointers. So that is going to be the marquee matchup is going to be those two guys going throw for throw. Uh, you know, Baker, missed some throws yesterday. Josh Allen, you know, was wildly inaccurate at times, and then did some time, made some throws that only a six foot five, two hundred and forty pound quarterback can make. You know, drilling in some deep outs. Uh, you know, some of the receivers did have a little issue with the velocity of his ball, which if you haven't played with him, it's going to take a little while to get used to. Yep. So that's going to be the marquee. Uh, I think you do see have some you know, some nice wide receivers. It's an interesting wide receiver class this year because it's kind of like it's all or nothing. I mean, it doesn't. It's either you have a bunch of potential solid slot guys who can perform well there and then you get into a whole bunch of it almost seems like guys who were small forwards on the college basketball team you know because you have the six foot three plus guys six foot four plus guys so it's gonna be interesting that way uh james washington from oklahoma state probably the headliner down there his routes yesterday were just filthy you can see he was way ahead against the competition there you know just breaking ankles consistently getting deep measured in a little under 511 uh was listed as a six foot one player but long arms, big hands will be able to overcome the, the lost two inches in his height there. He looks great. Michael Gallup, Colorado State. Here's a guy that's just known as a great, great route runner. He looked fantastic yesterday in that aspect. He's a guy just knows how to get open, catches the ball well, you know, measured in at six feet, doesn't have the longest arms in the world, but he's within the ball. It's coming down. So he's going to be fun. Uh, I think the small, you have some small schoolers that are really interesting. Nathan Shepard is a defensive tackle at a uh, fourth He's Had a good day yesterday, like we talked about earlier. Some of these guys get an opportunity, put their name on somebody's radar. He did that. couple offensive tackles, uh, Colby Cassette at Appalachian State, uh, Alexander Cop- uh, Copa out of Humboldt State. These guys showed well yesterday, and these guys you know, got engaged with some SEC, some ACC players, more than held their own. 
uh, offensive tackles, they don't necessarily care where you came from. Everybody needs them. Everybody wants them because even if you aren't an offensive tackle, we'll kick you inside a guard. At worst, we'll kick you inside the center. If you can play tackle, everyone in the NFL feels that you'll transition to somewhere along an offensive line and be a useful piece. So it was nice for the small school guys to have a good day. But it is one day you want to start to see some of these names now trend into it's a good week, not just mm-hmm. a good Tuesday. Exactly. Yeah, because one, you know, one bad day can almost trump a, a one good day. And, of course, you want that momentum headed into Indianapolis for the scouting combine. So I guess, you know, a broad picture here, I kind of asked who do you think has the most to gain, but who are some of these guys on this roster uh, that have the most to lose? That is an interesting one. I would say, you know, your bigger names if something fell apart. Uh, but for the most part, they've looked, you know, they the bigger names have looked pretty solid. I'd say it's going to be, it's a make or break week for Josh Allen. I think him and Mel Kuyper last week, you know, put out a mock draft, put him at one overall. Mm-hmm. It, it is 100% media driven. Yes. You look at his tape uh, and everybody, oh, you know, and some want to make the excuses, oh, well, he didn't play with much this year. Well, he completed 56% of his passes this year. He didn't play with much this year. He completed 56% of his passes last year. So what's the difference between each year? All those receivers didn't catch a lot of balls. Well, somebody went in, did all the work, dug out all the numbers. Uh, Lamar Jackson had receivers who dropped uh, dropped a lot more passes than Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Rosen had a lot more drop passes than Josh Allen did. So it's almost like, you know, don't feed us this. You know, just, I mean, Mel is the most established there is in the game. Mm-hmm. But, but where are you coming from this? I mean, other than the fact that he looks the part because he's six foot five and 240 and he's got a rocket arm, that's fine. Dan Orlovsky's always looking for work. And he's <laughs> six foot seven. I mean, you know, it'd be one thing, you know, I mean, if he was six foot two, would Josh Allen be this uber prospect that they're trying to make him out to be? I don't think he would be. So don't just sell us on the fact that he's six foot five. I need to see the kid play. He needed to get to overtime to hang 100 yards passing on Hawaii, of all schools. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not a thing. And, and, and it's almost like people take it that everybody's down, and it's a it's a Josh Allen bashing thing. It's not, because he didn't do this. The small kid who plays quarterback at Wyoming, he's not the one that elevated himself to going first overall in the NFL draft. It was a media-driven thing. Yep. But the tape isn't there to match. So I do think it's, it's, a, it's, it's Josh Allen. It's, it, it's put up or shut up time. And it's tough for him because he's put in a position that he didn't create. But, you know, everyone's sitting there with older eyes going, all right, you guys want to tell us he's the best quarterback, he's the number one player in this class. Let's see it. And there were some dirt bombs yesterday. There were some balls behind. You know, every now and then he wows you with, you know, one throw that only about two or three, you know, guys in the NFL can make. But just because you're doing that once out of 11, 12 throws, I I have a hard time believing that's going to translate into eight out of 10, you know, nine out of 12 throws. Uh, his scramble ab- scrambling ability on tape is good, but he scrambles himself out of place. He doesn't scramble for positive. You know, he'll be on the left hash mark, takes himself all the way across the right hash mark, chucks up. You know, uh, you know, a ball for nobody to get. It's he's very wild on tape. If you really wanted to look at him as what type of player you could maybe draft, and you want to put him in a realistic setting in the NFL draft, you look where Christian Hackenberg went mid second round in the fifties. Deshaun Kaiser mid second round in the fifties. If you're going to bank on that you think you can get the potential out of him, that's where you take him. You can't take him, right, you know, top 10 in the NFL draft because in two years, if nothing changes and you're not even to the point where you, you can trust him to put him on a field, mm-hmm. you've lost your job. Right. Uh, I'm curious, 
specifically regarding Allen here, I'm just wondering if, if maybe some of the reason why he's vaulted up to number one is that, you know, Wyoming's head coach is Craig Bull. Craig Bull was at North Dakota State. Carson Wentz was, you know, the number two overall pick last year. I, I You know, there could be some similarities in there. Is that in any reason why maybe he's getting pushed a little bit just because of the frame and everything? And his, like you said, his potential, not exactly what he's put out on film. I absolutely think there's something there. And look, any college coach is going to stick up for his guy, you know, except for maybe Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. But <laughs> any guy is going to stick up for his guy. And you know what? If they're going to ask him, he's going to say, yes, I do think there's a lot of similar similarities to Carson in this. You know, maybe, you know, in the room, he does look really good. You know, you know, on the practice, really does look really good. Sometimes it doesn't always come together in the games, this type of thing or whatever. But I actually had a former NFL quarterback, Dan Orlovsky, 12-year NFL vet, on my show last night. And I asked about this, and he said, "Look, even if you show fantastic on the chalkboard, on the white, you know, you know, on the whiteboard in the classroom, he says, I've seen guys that I looked at and I said, man, this guy is going to tear it up. He says, we went out to the practice field. He said the guy couldn't pick up the simplest blitz, uh, couldn't complete a screen pass. He's like, you can be as smart and as great a student as the game as you know anybody in the world, anybody football related. He says, but you still got to be able to put it together when you get out out of the field, and that's what it comes back to." And yes, there definitely is that connection of, you know, Josh coming from that system, you know, Josh, the similarity, smaller school, and, you know, everybody always wants to, you know, copycat something else. Carson Carson Wentz was slept on a ton. And look, it was a real rough rookie year for Carson Wentz. He absolutely aced it this year. It's tough yep. to see that he's not going to get this opportunity in the senior bowl. You know, I was not a big Carson Wentz fan. I kind of had a, you know, basically take an L here with some Eagles fan this year, <laughs> the way Carson Wentz. But hey, it's okay. It's okay. I have no problem admitting I'm wrong. You know, 300 players per year. You're not going to be right on everybody, right? Um. So, but I, I don't, I, I don't see the same guy that I, I. Whatever Carson Wentz was this year in the NFL in 2017, it's going to take a long, long time for Josh Allen to get there, and it's a really, really heavy investment to make. With I don't know if you're ever going to see the reward of the investment. Reese's Senior Bowl is this Saturday on the NFL Network, what, 1.30 p.m. Central Time, 2.30 Eastern, uh, 11.30 on the West Coast. Anything else that you're really looking forward to or looking at uh, come Saturday and this game uh, specifically? Um, I just want to see more, you know, from the practice plays. Uh, you know, some interesting D-lineman, B.J. Hill out of North Carolina State. They had a ridiculously good defensive line. He's shown to be really strong, really quick. Uh, another D lineman out of Virginia, uh, Andrew Brown was a five-star recruit, uh, got to Virginia. They played him more in the role of, look, we want you to engage all the blockers. We want our linebackers and our safeties to run free. Yesterday, he was put more in a three technique where he was allowed to just collapse and destroy things. And he looked really good. So you want to see some of these guys to get, maybe get, you know, put more into playmaking positions, see how they can handle it. So it's fun as the week goes on. Obviously, you know, two more practices today, uh, you know, two more tomorrow. Just continue to follow it, you know, see who's going to stand out, who can put together consecutively good practices, you know, to build on the momentum. So, you know, that's the best part of this. You know, the game, it almost kind of ends up where the game is kind of the formality of it all. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's one guy who catches you, you know, that did some, a couple of things, you know, catches a couple of balls and he had a rough week into it. But, you know, most of this stuff is going to be cemented out before they kick that ball off on Saturday. Well, Jeff, I appreciate the time as always, and uh, hopefully we can chat next week, uh, recap this uh, the Senior Bowl, and maybe someone uh, that we didn't talk about this week really uh, open some eyes and uh, help their draft stock, and I know we'll be talking with you throughout the next few months here leading up to April's draft. Uh, Jeff, appreciate it again. Thank you so much for the time.
No problem at all, Nathan. Best of luck to all you guys. Uh, you know, just throw me a message, man. I'm, I'm, I've got time for you whenever you need. You know all that? right. Thank you so much. Continued success with the Locked On Browns podcast. It's a great podcast to listen to. Appreciate the support, Nathan. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff Floyd, the second. Uh, again, Locked On Browns is the podcast. Uh, he's great. Um, excellent stuff there. Uh, as always, uh, you know, great draft insight. Uh, sucks about Dallas Goddard. That sucks. Hopefully, it won't uh, diminish his draft stock too much. Hopefully, he will be able to participate in uh, in the combine, and hopefully, it was just a minor hamstring tweak, but uh, certainly something to keep an eye on, especially for SDSU fans. Um, that is about it for this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Again, you can always find us. Uh, you can find this podcast available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Otherwise, follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken. Otherwise, on Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Have a link posted, uh, or, or a, a posting with the link to this podcast, middle to later part of the week, per usual. Uh, appreciate Travis for coming on, as always, uh, and Jeff, of course. Uh, and uh, you know what, Vikings fans, we'll we'll get over this. Hopefully, the Vikings will be back in it sooner than later. But uh, gotta wrap that quarterback around, uh, to lock down that quarterback position, and that's uh, unfortunately been an Achilles' heel for the Vikings as of late. Uh, show must go on, though. Plenty of college basketball to look forward to. Uh, you know, if you're a Minnesota sports fan, the Wild and the Timberwolves are playing decent, so that's always great there. But um, yeah, uh, we'll we'll really dive into the Super Bowl next week. Travis and I will uh, preview the game. See if we get Jeff back on here as well for some Reese's Bowl recap as well, uh, the Senior Bowl recap. So uh, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Uh, hope you tune in again next week. Again, find us on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block Podcast on Twitter at Andy and otherwise Facebook Nathan Stacken. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.